Welcome to Punches and Punchlines, where we break down the best in boxing with a sense of humor. And now, your hosts, Fritz and Franco. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for joining us again. I say it all the time, but please know that I do sincerely appreciate it. This show is fun because you guys tune in. You know, it's fun for Franco and I to get get this done. We're fans of boxing and we're happy that you're fans of ours. So thanks for uh, coming back. We had uh, action all over the globe, Franco. We had fights in Australia, in France. Where was the last guy you had? I was just starting to look it up because... Oh, I think it was in uh, Nottingham. Uh, it was oh. it was in the it was in the UK. So, okay. So yeah, we had Australia, United Kingdom, and France, and plenty to get into. Frank, are you ready for this? Yeah, let's go ahead and get on into it. Tim Zhu, twenty eight years old, coming in at twenty one and O versus Tony Harrison, thirty two years old, coming in at twenty nine three and one. <laughs> Now, this was coming to us from Australia, where uh, Zoo is from, Tim Zoo. Here's what I'll say even before I get into the fight itself. Kudos to Tim Zoo for taking on a legitimate guy. You know, like he didn't take a tune-up when Charlo got injured and couldn't keep his fight with Zoo. He chose Tony Harrison. He's not a tune-up at, at, at all. You know what I mean? Like he yeah. is a top 154-pound guy. Is he still at the top of his game? I don't I don't think so, but he's still got game. I thought it was a brave choice when you already had a title shot lined up to take this kind of a risk in the interim. And, you know, good for him because steel cuts steel. And he looked good in this fight, Franco. Yeah, I thought this was a really fun fight. I especially thought it was a fun fight because before the fight, Zeus predicted that he would get a round nine knockout. It looked like the over-under as far as the fight was was the eight and a half round as far as odds for when he could get a knockout if he was going to. And so I went seven, eight, nine, and it won me money. I was like, he's calling it. I He sounds convincing to me. And so I went ahead, I threw my money behind it, and, uh, and it ended up cashing out. Now, the other thing that I liked was, like you said, Tony Harrison, legit. He has 21 KOs in 30-something fights, 35 fights, 34 fights. So uh, the idea... Yeah, 33 fights. Yeah. So the idea that he could get a knockout was totally on the table, and it was a good fight. Uh, Harrison and his jab looked good early on in the fight. It looked like he was kind of setting the distance. He was moving really well. And then, uh, yeah, things things did not go so good for him because in that eighth round, uh, at the beginning of the eighth, Sue landed a right that I thought like, oh, here we go. Like, at least we're in my window of rounds. Right. It wasn't until the night that first he started landing just a crazy amount of rights, like every type of right that he could get in. Yeah, exactly. He was was like, how about an uppercut? How about a jab? How about a hook? Everything that he could throw in with that right hand, he did it. Finally puts Harrison down after like three, four, five uppercuts in a row. But I thought that it should have been stopped maybe a little bit before that. What did you think? Yeah, when this first started out, he was setting up just kind of how the rest of the fight would go, if that makes any sense. Yeah. He was almost explaining like, hey, this is this is how I'm going to beat you, and then just kept doing it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like you said, it was merciless, like you said, where he landed every kind of right. There was a right hook, a right jab, a right uppercut, a right wing, 
You know, there was uh, <laughs> dead to rights. Everything was there. It was just incredible. But I didn't feel like this was stopped too soon. I see what you're saying, that you thought maybe it should have been stopped a little earlier. I don't, I didn't feel that way watching okay. it live. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because when so Harrison went down, he got up. He kind of looked okay. He didn't look terrible. Referee told him to move a little bit. Referee didn't like what he saw, so he stopped the fight. I was glad he waved it off. But the stuff leading up to the knockdown, even though Harrison was able to beat the count, it was like he didn't look great. It almost looked like he was about to be out on his feet. Exactly. And so it ended up working out in the end. I de- I definitely liked when it was called, and I didn't have money on it. So that uh, makes my opinion more valid. Uh, <laughs> because, yeah, I just... But for the the Browns, probably it ended in the ninth and seven, eight, and nine. Harrison was not moving the way that he needed to. He was starting to take a lot more punishment. To Harrison's credit, he kept trying to gut it out, but the shots were just landing too frequently. And I agreed with the ref, at least at the time, where I was like, all right, this has been enough. You know, like Zeus proved his point. Let's let Tony get out of here with his faculties and this Australian paycheck. Yeah. And after all was said and done, this was a good setup. It was two good fighters going at it. And now, hopefully, hopefully, uh, Sue should be getting a shot at Jermel Charlo, correct? Yes. So he's going to go for the undisputed uh, champ at 154. This was the fight he took in the interim while he was waiting for Charlo to recover from uh, whatever injury that had happened uh, during camp. But this main event was good. The only, if I am going to have a complaint about the Showtime card is that they only showed one prelim and they even came into that in the sixth round of a 10 round fight. So you didn't even show me half of the one that went before that. And that was kind of a shit show too. Uh, it was Cusco versus Gonzalez. The guy from Emperor's New Groove was <laughs> was fighting Gonzalez. So yeah, instead of showing the whole fight, they showed a hype video of Zoo versus Harrison for a fight we've already tuned in to watch. Showtime kind of dropped the ball on this one. You know, it was the fight even great that I, what I did watch, there was a cool knockdown in the sixth. It went the distance, but it still would have been nice to see that instead of them just talking about boxing. Boxing's on. Let Grab that feed and let's watch it. Yeah, I didn't get to watch the fight beforehand only because the only way that I can catch the fights is if I watch them live or if I remember to set it up to record through my Xfinity. And I did not remember, but I did rush downstairs and, and throw it on. And it's like, why this stuff isn't on demand? I can watch uh, everything. Everything on every streaming service, every it's 2023. I can get everything on demand, but for some reason, Showtime boxing is one of the more difficult things to try and navigate. Yeah, they do make it harder on you. And I just found out now that now that I have Showtime on my Paramount Plus, that uh, by Monday they do have the fights from over the weekend available for replay. But you know, it's have it available the next day for the guys that are big boxing fans and only have Showtime to watch boxing. You know, give it to them on on that on Sunday so they can watch, drink their coffee on Sunday morning, catch a little boxing while the kids are still asleep. Help us out there, Showtime. Yeah, I want something to be able to watch while I'm eating my Captain Crunch cereal. (laughs) Have coffee, too, because I'm an adult, but also I'm completely (laughs) immature, so I have to have my Captain Crunch. Absolutely. So I kind of sidetracked a little bit just for the the talk about the where this was being broadcast but yeah kudos to tim zoo this is the first time i've seen one of his fights from start to finish and i thought he proved a lot to me one by the choice of guy who we chose to take on 
you know, he didn't take a guy that had had a hundred wa- hundred losses, or he didn't take on a guy that was you know ten and zero but had never beaten anybody. He took on a guy, a former world champion. Now he gets to go face the champion. So good for him. They tell us all the time that you can't play boxing, and we prove them wrong every episode with this segment called Playing Boxing. Like I said at the top, thanks for coming back. This was uh, no big cards, but there was some big action going on this weekend. It was definitely a fun weekend of fights. I tuned in for the fights over in uh, the United Kingdom, and the first one I had notes on with Franco was their their version of Richard Torres. Uh, I didn't I forget his first name, but Fisher versus Damiani. Damiani. I don't. I'm probably saying his last name wrong, which is fine because I don't know that we're ever going to see him again. He literally had the worst punches I've ever seen. Oh no! <laughs> from a boxer in my life. It, Looked like he was swatting flies. Like it was that terrible. Rock'em Sock'em robots. Those ro- those robots have better form than this dude did. You know, Fisher just went in and destroyed him. And at the end, Damiani's like, "Oh, why? I could still go." It's like I don't think the ref was worried about his health. I think he just got tired of looking at those awful punches. You know. <laughs> so did you see that one at all? I did not. I actually jumped in with the ladies' fight with uh, Dixon and Wilkinson. All right. Was that? I don't know if in, you saw that one. Yeah, Rihanna Dixon versus Vicky Wilserson. That was that was a good scrap. You could see that Rihanna Dixon was a good fighter, and Vicky Wilserson Wilkerson had some want it. You know what I mean? Like she didn't yeah, give yeah. up. Well, and the, well, the body shot that she ate came straight into the solar plexus. Like it came from underneath and just knocked the wind out of her. When it knocked the wind out of her, it was just it was painful to watch. But yeah. it, it was another example of good women's fights where you know you were just talking about the shitty first fight, and those are two dudes just because it's male. Or female does not decide on how good the fights are going to be. We've seen plenty of shitty male fights, and we've also seen a lot of good female fights. It's 2023, and it isn't even about like equal rights or anything like that. It's about pure entertainment value. And for me, this fight was entertaining. Was a little bit lopsided for sure, but it was still a really fun fight. Yeah, it started out sloppy, like <laughs> almost like Vicky Wilkerson had not taken on a southpaw before because there was a lot of you know tangle ups. I don't know if she's faced the Southpaw before, but that's what I kept thinking is because they were clashing and then a lot of hugging. But like yeah. you said, there was a warning from the ref before the sixth round mm-hmm. and then two knockdowns on two body shots in that sixth. It was pretty crazy. Like you said, when she got up from the first knockdown, she would not protect anything but the spot where it landed. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> she was like putting her face out to block the punches. She's like, no, go ahead. Hit me right here in the head. because That shit hurt. <laughs> Yeah, that was it was a good one. And then actually, I accidentally skipped the next one. But on a side note, who was originally supposed to headline this? Wasn't it Callum Smith? Yeah, it was Callum Smith. He got injured, Franco. Uh, Yeah. So did you see Davis Jr. versus Foley? That one I did not. Oh, I'm just going to save you nightmares. Uh, oh, no. So you don't have to see this. <laughs> it ended early in the third. Davis Jr. got knocked down in the second and then makes it to the bell. In the third round, he literally snaps an ankle. 
where if you watch the oh, replay, oh yeah, see, I did I see that you, one. You, yeah, you didn't want to get that picture in your head. Like it was so <laughs> gross. It reminded me of when Robin Ventura's ankle separated from his leg when we were, <laughs> you know, kids watching uh, the White Sox. Yeah, that's it was so gross. I wish I hadn't seen it. Yeah, his shoes were kind of wonky looking. They had like little flap type of things, but it almost made me think when it happened, I was like, was it his ankle or was it just the lack of ankle support and just like the shoe flipped, but his leg stayed the same, almost like a... Yeah, Look, I'm separating my thumb kind of magic trick. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you can blame his shoes for his foot coming off of his leg. Like yeah. this was so gross. Uh, anybody that didn't see this one, don't. You you will save yourself. You'll get some extra rest from not having that picture in your head. But like you said, Diego Pacheco was the uh, main event in this one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Cullen's a good pro. Pacheco might be great. Yeah. it's He definitely lands with thunder. And by the time... This got halfway through the first round. I was like, there's no way this is going to make it to the cards. Pacheco's going to win. I wish I was watching it live because then I would have I would have made that live action bet. But uh, <laughs> unfortunately, I was watching it on replay. I thought it was weird that both guys had purple shorts on. Yes. I don't think I've seen that before. I have that written down. I that said, I think weird. they were on clearance. <laughs> and And not even like just that they both had purple. Like the same shade of purple, almost like they had the same person make both their shorts. It was super weird. And now, like you mentioned in the in the woman's fight where the the body shot started it all, this started with the body shot knockdown. Yeah, and then it was followed by just target practice on Cullen's head. <laughs> like I felt bad for him, where I was like, "Oh, please stop!" And then right as I was getting the words out the ref was getting in there i was like thank god this was not looking well for cullen and i've seen cullen fight before he's a fun dude he's a actually he's a legitimate pro but i'm glad the ref got in there and saved him because i do want to see him fight again he's a good pro do i think he's going to be a world champ i wouldn't put my money on that but I do think that he's a good pro that I would watch fight again for sure. Yeah. When Cullen got up off the mat, I don't think the referee was expecting for Pacheco to go in for the kill the way that he did. Right. Because it was the first three punches. The first one was like a jab and it kind of snapped his head back. Then there was another just, you know, a good punch that connected. The third one, like almost took his head off. You see the referee and the replay start running forward to break it up. Yeah. He was, he was so far back to be like, all right, fire it back up that it took him a little bit too long. And Pacheco was able to land another two punches. Cullen starts going down. The referee dives down to the ground and held him like it was right. like all quiet on the Western front or something like a yeah. World War II movie. Like yeah. he's breathing his last breath. <laughs> the referee's holding him in his arms like, no, you just got to hold on for another minute longer. It was it was great. Very dramatic. It should have been up for an Oscar. He I'm disappointed it like, that it wasn't. Ricky! Yeah, <laughs> my name's Gary. Yeah, whatever, Ricky. <laughs> it, it was a great ending to that fight, and it definitely kind of helped build up the hype for Pacheco because Cullen is a legitimate fighter. Like you said, do I see him doing amazing things? Uh, not right now, but Pacheco definitely kind of sealed his ticket that he's a legitimate dude that's right. looking to bang. And it was a lot of fun. And then the last thing we have for uh, playing boxing was our trip over to Paris, Franco. Yeah. Uh, If this was supposed to be the reintroduction of Tony Yoka, uh, (laughs) it it did not go as planned. We'll get to that uh, main event here in a second, because this card started with our old buddy from the first Punch of Maniacs Awards for Ring Walk of the Year, our buddy 
Macaulay McGowan started this out and you saw this or you did not? So I tried to and my app was like glitching where when I would try to rewind, it kept jumping me past it. It's almost like the app didn't want me to watch this fight. So All what right. happened? Well, they saved you because he got oh. robbed. He won this fight. Oh. All right. And then it got called a draw. All right. It was the guy who was fighting sad was from France. Okay. McGowan okay. made the trip from the United Kingdom. It's a long and trip. And one yeah right one <laughs> one judge had it 77 75 for sad or maybe it's sad it's s-a-a-d but either way he should have lost and that should make him sad and then it was 276 76 so they, it was a majority draw and it was just absolute bs home cooking where i think it was an eight round fight the announcer's like well sad maybe one two at the most right and <laughs> um, mm. yeah it was it it felt gross afterwards. I was happy that, to move on to the next one. And this was another female fight. Did you see this? No, which one? Pr- Prince versus or uh, Price versus Menace. I did not see that one. And the way the announcers kept talking about it, it sounded like they were saying uh, Price versus Mayonnaise. You know, like <laughs> they were comparison shopping their Mayo brands. And Price was the 2020 Olympic gold medalist. Okay. And Mayonnaise was not. Um, she definitely had a lot of tattoos and a lot of heart, but yeah, it just did not go well. I don't think men has won a round, but it did end up going to the scorecards and it was, uh, all three of them had it 80 to 72. So at least I got that one right. But I think my favorite fight of this weekend was Thomas Fowler versus Dan Aziz. You mm-hmm. saw that, right? Okay. That one I, I did see. I went in with zero information on this, and maybe that's what made this so fun for me. Thomas Fowler was in the introductions with a bow tie, acted real cocky. You know, like he'd already been told that he won this fight, and he just had to go through the motions. Okay. All right? <laughs> and then by, like, round three, he's like, what the hell is going on here? I'm I'm better than this guy, right? And then just his head was getting snapped back so consistently. I couldn't believe it didn't get stopped. In a couple different times. Uh, in the sixth, I thought yeah. I was going to get stopped. He didn't get knocked down, but when they finally called a stop to this in the final round, he was falling into the ref. Like, I think he was headed to the mat. Yeah. <laughs> and then the, the ref held him up, waved it off. Then he started complaining, like, dude, you were getting your ass kicked this whole fight. I get that you are tough, that you were standing up to the punishment, but you had no complaint. Like, sure, maybe he had already known that the judges were going to give it to him. And that's why. It, you know, his corner was mad. They're like, yeah, we yeah. only had another minute. You know, like we already had the win in the bag because maybe they saw the shit decision they gave McGowan, you know? Yeah, no, totally possible. And Aziz was just clobbering the shit out of him. Like you said, there was multiple times where I thought this was going to get stopped only because like he almost looked defenseless at points. Right. The way that he was eating these shots and you're, I'm sitting there counting how many punches are going waiting to see when he's going to counter. And it's like, he's not, he's not able to defend himself. And so they weren't calling it when it finally did end in the 12th. It was what, like halfway through the 12th, a minute into the 12th. Right. At that point, you know what? Let him just die because you obviously don't care referee. Like maybe he had something on him for, you know, said something to the referee backstage and ref is like, you know what? If you're getting your ass beat, I'm going to let it totally go for all 12 rounds. Cause that's what it felt like multiple times in that fight where it's like just stop it he's you know his face is all mutilated and uh, but but it went almost the distance and at that point you're almost wanting it to go the distance it was of franco only i do not share that sentiment i think that one is here's what i thought when his quarter was complaining i'm like 
do they hate their fighter? Is that what's going on? They're like, no, he needs to get his ass kicked a little more. Maybe He's that was that. it. Everybody hates him. <laughs> yeah, he only had his head snapped back like it pez the sensor for 11 rounds. We wanted it a full 12, 36 minutes of beating this dude up. That's what we were promised. And now we got to do it on our own. You know, like they're mad that they got to go beat him up. It was it was incredible. I've never seen a corner of a fighter that was getting their dick kicked in complain that much. I could see protests be like, oh, come on, give our guy, let him make it to the final bell if he was in it. Or yeah. if you, you know, just for pride's sake, that you didn't want to get a, a knockout on your record. Power really thought he was going to win this fight. He had that stupid bow tie on uh, over his, <laughs> you know, his ring gear. And then it was just, it was funny to watch him, all that confidence just crumble. Yeah. If anything, I, I did feel bad. But I will also say, if Power was Mexican, I would have been all like, man, he really showed grit and determination almost made it all 12 rounds suffering through all of that but instead uh yeah i'm not he it should have been stopped way before it actually was but it was still a million times more entertaining i don't even know that it's worth mentioning the it tony was, yoko yeah, I was fight say, it was an action-packed fight for sure that's what i'll say about the, the fowler versus aziz and the way it kind of played out for anybody that didn't see it the best way i could paint a picture for you on this fight is fowler came in so confident like the bully at the beginning of the movie mm. and then after fighting aziz for two rounds you could see the confidence leave his face when the bully realized like oh i picked the wrong kid to fuck with you know <laughs> and then that's how he just ended up getting the shit kicked out of him uh but yeah like you said the last fight we can really talk about is tony yoka versus carlos to yoka came in at 30 years old franco yeah. uh any any idea how old carlos to was he was 42. He's the same 42. age as me. Yeah. He is not a young man. No. He looked amazing. Yeah. He yeah. looked crazy ripped. But yeah. Also like he could do underwear commercials, you know, like <laughs> he, the, the dude looks badass. He's got that gold beard going on. Yeah. And just looks sculpted. He's not fast. You know, no. I don't even know at the peak of his career, whether you'd consider him fast, but he's definitely slower than what he was when he was Tony Yoka's age in <laughs> Yoka. It's crazy to me that he struggled with this dude. And even in his home country, they couldn't give him the decision. One ref had the balls to do it, but yeah. the other the other two did not. I would be embarrassed after this fight if I was Yoka. Because one guy had it 96-90. All, all scores were 96-94. Yeah. But one judge had the balls to give it to Tony Yoka. But good thing they're in a good fashion country because he's going to need his pants tailor-made to fit those balls in there. Because there was no <laughs> way that this was in this 10-round fight. There's no way that Yoka won. I mean, he won some rounds, but they were the ones that were still close. Yeah. Like, there was rounds that were just clearly to comms it should have been a an absolute unanimous decision but whatever i mean it's it's crazy to me that top rank this was on top rank on espn is this where top rank just says all right see you later tony we don't we don't need this shit he's already had suspensions before you know for missing drug tests is this where just like all right you can't beat according to boxing a senior citizen you know what i mean like <laughs> 42 year olds are not long for this game Sure, there's been exceptions, you know, like Foreman won the heavyweight title in his 40s. Triple G has held a title in his 40s. There are exceptions to the rule, but a 30-year-old should not have struggled this badly against a 42-year-old. I guess, especially a guy that they were propping up to be this dude. And they're like, oh, this fight will show us whether Tony Yoka belongs with the heavyweight elite. I knew before this fight started that he doesn't belong with the heavyweight elite. And even a win against Carlos Takam 
who's a good veteran at this point now, uh, wouldn't have proven a, like I wouldn't pick him as a favorite against you know the two champions, Fury or Usyk. He wouldn't be a favorite against Wilder. He wouldn't be a favorite against Andy Ruiz. He wouldn't be a favorite against Dubois. He wouldn't be a favorite <laughs> against Joe Joyce. You know, like I can't think of some of the top names that he would be favored against. The only thing I I could see to save this dude's career is lose 15, 20 pounds and be a cruiserweight because that's the only future I see for him. Yeah, really the only word I can think of is just disappointment. Like I like Tony Yoka. But this is the second time that he's disappointing. It's just kind of back a to bummer. back fights he's lost. Yeah, it's it's a bummer. When we first saw him, the hype was big. He's a former heavyweight gold medalist. He looks the part. You know, he looks like he's in good shape. But man, Takam came in and had that like dad strength about him. Like he looks like when it's right. time to go, he laces up his Nike Monarchs tightens up his cargo shorts and it's like, all right, time to rock and roll and does finger guns as he gathers the kids into the minivan on the way to a fight to beat a gold medalist, which is what he did because he looked like, you know, the scary dad at like youth sporting events Yeah, gets too into it. And then you're like, whatever, dude, screw you. This is a kid's game. And then he like hulks up and you're like, "Ah, yeah, fuck these kids. You're right. Yeah. I'll back up a little bit. That's what he's just this big, scary looking I can't say older dude because he's the same age as me, but older dude. And right. there is no to be way. a pro boxer for sure. Yeah. And like Yoka didn't win the gold medal a long, long time ago. It was fairly recent. So right. for him to struggle like this when it's like this is, you know, it's been his coming out party. They were already behind him. And so for him to disappoint twice in a row is just I'm just kind of bummed. I'm disappointed because I wanted him to be good. It's always cool when they hype someone up and then they pay out because it just means one more guy that we can look forward to watching. I'm not looking forward to seeing him again, unfortunately. You know what was more fun to watch than Tony Oka was Aziz's socks. Did you notice the socks Aziz was wearing? He had like the no. high ankle to the knee, like not even NBA from the 70s, like ABA, you know, like Dr. <laughs> Dr. J kind of socks. They were so funny that I was like, Oh, this dude's really kicking it old school. If you guys missed the top rank card over there in, in Paris, you you didn't miss much. If you love shit scoring um, <laughs> and bad uh, heavyweight performances, you know, you could tune it in. It's still available on your ESPN app. Maybe your app was just trying to save you from it, Frank. You're like, no, you don't want to see this. There's there's a lot of shit here. You know, beside Aziz uh, beating the shit out of Fowler and Price, you know, having a really good match. It was kind of nothing wonderful. Yeah, uh, on, on the other hand, I wish you would have said that Macaulay McGowan just got his ass beat to hear that he got ripped off. That almost hurts more than if you would have been like, oh, yeah, our boy got massacred. Instead, he got he got scammed. He got robbed. I didn't want to hear that. That hurts my heart even more. So next weekend, Franco, we have a fight that I still hope gets called off. Gabe Ramirez. <laughs> or, I'm sorry. Gabe Rosado versus Zerto Ramirez. I'll check out at least the rest of that card. I feel bad for Gabe Rosado. I don't think he should be stepping in there with a light heavyweight, but. Whatever, then there's a fight over in England, so we'll get those broken down for you before our uh, big show on the following week where we have the Plant versus Benavidez pay-per-view on March I'm... 25th is the following week. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm scrolling way down. There's one, two, three, four different cards on the 25th, right. one on the 24th, and one on the 23rd. 
Uh, on the other hand, the one on the 24th is listed as Channel 5. I don't Ooh. know what that means. I'm I, think that's in, I think that's in England, but... <laughs> okay. I'm way. like, I don't think that's my Channel 5. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't got anything else, Frank, I'm throwing in the towel. Thank you for listening to Punches and Punchlines. Make sure to like, subscribe, and follow. And we'll see you next week when we break down the best in boxing with a sense of humor.